0: This morning we're looking at Ephesians 5, 17 to 21, living under the influence. So if you'd like to stand with me. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine, that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God, the Father, in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. And out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Stay standing. That's out of the message. I'm going to read another. It's a short enough passage. Let me read another. I made a few alterations just to kind of kind of lead you in where we're going to go this morning. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the help of the Spirit, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, singing and making music to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Have a seat. We have been following a track through Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 5, as Paul writes this epistle both to the church in Ephesus and to the church today. And what he's asked us to do is, number one, to think. Think about how we're living. Uh, Think about how to live life well. And he's been telling us this has just been a guiding thought. It's really gripped me, and I'm really grateful. Several of you have told me as we've done this that God's really doing this in your life as well as in my life. But what God wants to do is he he wants to, to fashion his life within us. So he starts on the inside. Anytime we've said, yes, I want to follow Jesus then that we gave Jesus the, per, the permission to begin to transform us. And he does that from the inside out. And so what he's saying is, I, I want to renew your life. A life renewed from the inside. And as he renews us inside, it works itself out into conduct. So the whole, what the Holy Spirit is doing in, in all of our lives, and it's in varying degrees... And it does involve our involvement. We do need to either we either cooperate with the Holy Spirit or we resist the Holy Spirit. I do ultimately believe that God wins and that He changes us. But what He wants to do is He wants to accurately reproduce the character of Jesus within us. And if you've ever read the story of Jesus, who wouldn't want to be like Jesus? I mean, who doesn't like Jesus? I mean, when you see the way he relates to God, when you see the way that he relates to people, when you see his ability to teach with wisdom, you see his ability to actually do what he teaches, you see that the supernatural power of God works through him and begins to set things right on the planet that are horribly wrong. I mean, who who wouldn't want to be like Jesus? And so the Holy Spirit is saying, I want all of us to be like Jesus. And so he's accurately reproducing the character of Jesus internally. And then as he does that, then that begins to work its way out into our conduct. And so it, I, if, I mean, if you've been struggling with how you behave for years, what, what Paul has been telling us is stop doing that. Stop just trying to change your behavior. Because the way we act is connected with our character. And that's where the change happens. When the Holy Spirit reproduces accurately the character of Jesus within us, that will end up in the way we live. So we just need to keep inviting the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Transform us. Change us. Change my character so that the character of Jesus is within me, and then that works its way out into our conduct. And then as we are living our life out like that, we're discovering the, the things that please our King. When we say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I mean, that, that is a very dynamic statement. And we're really inviting that Jesus, with all of his dignity, with all of his power, ruling and reigning in heaven after his ascension, after his resurrection, after his death on the cross, after his life and his ministry here, We're asking him to establish his his rule right here, right now, on earth, among us, in me. Establish the dignity and power of your rule right here. And now that you're here, Jesus, what do you want us to do? You're our king. We're, We're your subjects. We're your servants. What can we do to please you as a community of people? What can we do to accomplish what you want to accomplish in our world? So that takes tremendous pressure off of us. We don't have to figure out how to solve the world's problems. We've got the guy that wants to set everything right on the earth right here. What is our part in this? What do you want us to do? So we get to discover that. Now this morning, what our king wants, this is what our king wants. He wants us to live under the influence. And there is a little bit of a play of words there. It's not the influence of alcohol. He doesn't want us to get drunk. He doesn't want us to be under the influence of wine or beer or whatever your favorite drink is. He wants us to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that he parallels those. He doesn't want us to be full of wine. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to waste life through misuse, being indifferent to moral restraints. He wants us to have a life that's full of poetry and song and thanksgiving and reverence. So this is what our king wants among us. This is what he wants to do in this community of people. Now he starts with the negative. Don't get drunk with wine. He is talking about being intoxicated by too much wine. I'd like to remind us that this same wine that Paul says gets people drunk is the same wine that Jesus multiplied at the wedding feast. Wine in the Bible, if you drank too much of it, you get drunk. So, hello. (laughs) Don't get drunk. Again, it's really fun for me to stand in front of a group of people that maybe many of you have been told don't touch that stuff. To say, the Bible doesn't say don't touch that stuff. The Bible says don't get drunk. Don't misuse that stuff. So if you like a glass of wine with dinner, you, should, you shouldn't feel any like, moral guilt because you're having a glass of wine. You know, I don't, I don't feel guilty going out to have Mexican food in New Braunfels and I'll order a dose Eques. I like to drink a beer with my Mexican food. And I'm not gonna be embarrassed if you walked in, oh. <laughs> now if I was drunk eating my Mexican food, that would be a different thing. I would be like horrified and you'd have every reason to say what in the world are you doing? but having a beer or a glass of wine is not being intoxicated by too much wine. Let me tell you what I do. I don't know if this works for you, but this is what I do. Obviously, when you have a beverage, an adult beverage, wine, and you're drinking that wine, I mean, obviously, as it's sitting there, it doesn't really have an effect on you, just as it is in a cup. It's when you start to ingest it. That's, you know, over time, you can get a little lightheaded. Now, to me, that's the signal, stop drinking. Because now the alcohol is affecting my brain. Some of us, unfortunately, like that feeling. I don't like that I feel like I'm getting, like, out of control. And I don't like, like, losing control. So I stop. And that's just a recommendation, you know. If, you're, if you drink regularly and you get that buzz, that means you're getting the buzz and you're getting... So stop! Don't keep drinking. If you keep drinking, you might keep moving down the path that Paul is saying. Don't get, don't get intoxicated with alcohol. Don't get drunk. It's, he's saying that if, if we're drunks, it really cheapens life. The word is, in, it's incorrigible. That's an older word. But it, it just means that if we get addicted... Obviously Paul understood that there are some beverages that can addict us and that we have addictive personalities. So if we get addicted to alcohol, if we become alcoholic, then you can get to a place where it's like beyond your ability to reform. It's like you're beyond the point of correction. Now you may ask, well how do you know that? Well I witnessed that. My dad's been there. I was raised in the family of an alcoholic. I, I I've experienced this. Thank God that anytime you're bad beyond reform, Jesus can say, well, you know, I can make exceptions. And so today my dad is free. Not totally free, but a lot freer than he was. He doesn't drink. He lives in a halfway house by choice because he wants to help others that have traveled the road of alcoholism. And I'm really, really proud of him. He has a relationship with Jesus. That's where he's found his sanity. I'm really grateful because I saw him when he was incorrigible. Bad. Beyond reform. But Jesus broke in. My dad at the time was uncontrollable. And, and I knew that as I watched him ruin his life, that he, he would not change easily. He went through a program that most people stayed for four weeks. He stayed six weeks. So he, he was, it was hard For him to address this, and you're not easily influenced, and it's very interesting that Paul would position this idea of don't be drunk with wine with, but be filled with the Spirit, because what he's saying is I really want people to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Yet, if your life is being influenced by other stuff, it's hard for you to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. So let's just get this out of the way. You know, we're a community that celebrates life. We go to Santiago, Chile, and somebody's going to give you a Pisca Sour when you're in Chile. Guarantee. And it's hard drink. So sip it, and you'll get a buzz early, so don't finish it. <laughs> we, we enjoy a glass of wine, but we're not a community that gets drunk. Because we want to be a community that, as the message says, we want to drink huge draughts of the Holy Spirit. I'll take another. (laughs) And another. And another. And again, we want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And please... Don't let go of the earthiness of what Paul has just painted for us. Just like people drink too much alcohol and they are influenced, it affects them. You can tell when they're drunk. Get full of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. In a sense, be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. And why? Well, he tells us why. Because when the Holy Spirit fills us, It affects the way we speak. We speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It affects the way that we relate to God. We begin to sing songs of praise. We begin to make music starting from the core of who we are in our heart. It explodes out. We're making music to our King because the Holy Spirit is influencing our lives. We give thanks to God our Father always for everything. I mean, I... I looked at that and thought, are you kidding me? You know, I I give thanks sometimes for some things. So there's really got to be something influencing my life outside of me to give thanks to God for everything all the time. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, we respect one another out of reverence, For our king, when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he's beginning to affect the way that we relate to each other, how we relate to God, and then it would impact how we relate to the world around us. So what our king wants is two things. He wants us to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to ask the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. Some of my friends have said, well, I don't understand, I mean, I, mean, I, I, th- I thought the Holy Spirit lived in me, so how, do I, how, do, how can I be full of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's because the Holy Spirit, He's not filling us with more of Himself. It's not like He's portioning out pieces of His person to fill our lives. It's that when we ask Him to influence us as much as alcohol would influence us when we are in relationship with a bottle of wine, I want you to influence me, and I want you to begin to fill my life. Not with himself, but with the things that he can give us. We've already, and we talked about Pentecost. Wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit fills you with power from on high. So they were influenced by the Holy Spirit by hanging out together and praying. And then the Holy Spirit filled them with supernatural power, which meant that when they gave a testimony to the works of God, it was effective. The first time they did that, 3,000 people said, Okay, I want to follow Jesus. That was a pretty powerful moment. They were very effective witnesses because the Holy Spirit poured power into their life. There's another place in, in Romans where it says the Holy Spirit pours the love of God into our hearts. So do I, do I know that God knows me and that, do I know that God loves me? Well, sometimes I have doubts. So what can I do about those doubts? I can ask the Holy Spirit to influence me and to pour the love of God into my life. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm like overwhelmed by how much God loves me and how much I'm able to love others. I've told a story at a time, it just comes to mind again, where I was at a gathering and the Holy Spirit was, it was he was greatly influencing the people in the, the room. It was, it was a wonderful revival moment. The Holy Spirit was breaking through and it's just with a, a group of ordinary people that just seemed, we want, we want the Holy Spirit to influence us. And... And it was kind of wild and crazy, and it seemed out of control, but God was at work. And so I just sat down on the floor, because it looked like people were falling down on the floor, and I didn't want to fall down on the floor, so I just sat on the floor. And I said, you know, this is really unfamiliar to me, but I think it's really you, Jesus. And, you know, whatever way you want to influence me, please do. And I just sat there quietly, believing that the Holy Spirit was influencing me. And I walked over to say goodbye to a friend. He had to leave early. And I I just, as I do, I would say, you know, see David later. I I put my hand on him, and all of a sudden my eyes welled up with tears. I could barely speak because I just felt this tremendous love for my friend. I don't know where that came from. Other than the Holy Spirit poured this abundance of love into my heart. And it, it just, it was love for this guy and for others. The Holy Spirit wants to fill our lives with good stuff. Now, in this passage, there's some specifics that he wants to do. He wants to fill our lives, first of all, with poetry. The hymns, the psalms, and the spiritual songs are directed toward one another. So as the Holy Spirit influences us as a community... And he begins to fill our lives. He can fill our lives with words that we speak to one another. And when they're described as, as psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, to me that sounds like these poetic choice words that the Holy Spirit downloads into our minds and we're able to speak those to one another. You see, this gathering of people in the name of Jesus is the most unique gathering of people on the planet. And I think that most of us recognize that as we live life about and around and here and there, that there's very few places that we go where we hear pleasing words. There's very few places that we go when somebody builds us up with the words they say to us. Most of the places we go, people kind of tear us down with what they say to us or what they don't say to us. The Holy Spirit wants to influence a community like this and fill us with words for one another. And so that when we walk, whether we're walking into a gathering on a Sunday morning or into a small group or we're meeting each other on the street or in a shop, we have something to say to one another from this abundance of words that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we build each other up. That's how the body of Christ is strengthened, with the words that come from the Lord. And then not only that, He wants to fill our lives with song. These songs we were singing this morning, the Holy Spirit influenced the songwriters to write the music and the, to write the lyrics to these songs. You and I live in an unprecedented time of world history. At times of revival, if you go back to the first great awakening, uh, John Wesley's brother Charles uh, was influenced by the Holy Spirit, and he wrote about 6,000 hymns that are still sung in many churches today. And some, of, if you were brought up in the church... You may have this longing, kind of this longing to sing some of those hymns. Please be patient with me. I was not brought up in the church, and so I don't, I don't have those longings. It's not that I don't like those songs. I just don't know many of those songs. So don't think that well, we don't sing those songs because Scott doesn't like them. I, I just, I just don't have those longings because that's not my upbringing. What I'm caught up into, once the Holy Spirit begin to influence me, I begin to hear song. I'd read the Psalms and I'd, and I'd, and I'd write a psalm because there was something that the Holy Spirit was pouring into my life. He was, he was pouring into my life the ability to begin to make music. Odes. Mm-hmm. To write songs to our King. There's songs of praise to our King. So in this time that you and I are living, like hundreds of thousands of songs have been written. Not to be not because somebody's making music to make money in Christian. It's because somehow the Holy Spirit has influenced the church and has filled the church with the ability to sing songs of praise to our King and to write the music that goes with it. That's the Holy Spirit at work. Holy Spirit wants to fill our lives with thanksgiving. So that when we look at give thanks always for everything, we won't make light of that. Somehow the Holy Spirit influences us to the degree that we're able to thank God in everything all the time. Maybe not right now, but ultimately we can say, you know, you really do say that Everything will work out to the good of those who love God. Again, it doesn't mean right now if you're going through a hard time. But ultimately, we will give thanks for everything because we know there's a God that's good. He works everything out to the good. And the Holy Spirit begins to fill our lives with thanksgiving so that we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in everything, for everything. Jonah did not start giving thanks for his broken leg. He may still not be giving thanks for his broken leg, but ultimately there's going to be something behind Jonah having an accident, fracturing his bones, and God will make good. Something good is going to come into Jonah. He's going to be filled with thanksgiving for even some hard circumstances in his life. Is that true? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I thought he might say maybe, you know, but I think that's the Holy Spirit. He's at work influencing us. And then finally, he, he wants to influence and fill our lives with respect for one another because we revere Jesus. This is the dreaded S word. Submitting to one another out of the fear of Christ. You know, culturally, it's very difficult for us to submit to anything or anybody. We should recognize the influence of culture around us. The Holy Spirit wants to influence us to be counterculture. So the Holy Spirit wants to fill us with the ability to respect one another and voluntarily yield to one another out of reverence for Jesus. I, as someone that has the opportunity to stand in front of you most weeks of the year, voluntarily yield. I am not in a position that I would ever, ever say, I can't ever be wrong. I can be wrong lots. And when you pointed out to me that I missed something, or I said something I shouldn't have said, or I offended you. It's my opportunity, out of reverence for Jesus, recognizing that he was the servant of all, to voluntarily yield. Say, you're right. I was wrong. Submit. In marriage, that's where we go next. Submission of a wife to a husband is based upon two, a male and a female, that have voluntarily yielded to Jesus. And there's a context for voluntarily yielding to one another in marriage. Because the Bible says that Susan is to submit to me does not mean that I don't submit to Susan. I would dare say that I voluntarily yield to Susan more than she yields to me. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm smart (laughs) oh next week we'll find (laughs) it but respecting one another is based on revering Jesus and that's what that's what submission is about it's about respect and reverence it's not about being a doormat Reverence and respect. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us with the ability to respect one another. Regardless of our gender, regardless of our age, regardless of our race, regardless of where we are right now in our faith and following Jesus, it just goes on and on and on. Because we revere Jesus. We respect one another. That's the Holy Spirit influencing us and filling us with reverence and respect. Now, as I look at that list, poetry, song, thanksgiving, reverence, respect, I realize that that's beyond our natural ability to produce that among ourselves. We can't do this. Matter of fact, if you look at those things, that's where many communities of people, congregations like implode So we will go down a familiar path unless we keep asking the Holy Spirit to influence us We need to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit today tomorrow the next day the next day we need to be filled today with these things filled tomorrow with these things filled again and again and again and again. We don't just have one climactic experience with the Holy Spirit. We're good for life. Someone has said, who was it that said, you know, I, I ask uh, to be filled by the Holy Spirit again and again, not just because that's what it says right here in the word, be filled continuously by the Spirit, but when I'm filled, I leak. Who was that? Moody. Moody, moody said that. He was moody. That's why he needed that. Also, when we're filled with good things from the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to give those away. And if you give stuff away, guess what? You're empty, so you need to be filled again. So we want to be a community that follows these suggestions. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to influence us. We want the Holy Spirit to influence us. Just as alcohol influences, we want the Holy Spirit to influence us. They want to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us today, tomorrow, the next day. Fill us. Fill us with poetry for one another. Oh, Holy Spirit, I want to be so full of words of encouragement. Words that build up. Words that strengthen. I know that my family and friends get beat up. I I want to be part of building people up with the words that I speak. Fill us with words. We, I think we like to praise God. I think we like to do that together. We just sense that's just right to praise Jesus in song. But we want more. Give us songs. You know, awaken that ability to make music to the Lord. Most of the songs that come through my, I don't remember them. But I know I'm making music from somewhere deep within me, and there's a song that's being sung. Most of the time it doesn't come with words, it's just song. We want to be that kind of a community that's making songs. Some of them will sing together, some of them will sing in private. But fill us, Holy Spirit, with songs of praise to our King. Fill us with thanksgiving for absolutely everything, all the time. Fill us with reverence for Jesus. Fill us with respect for one another. See, we want to live empowered lives together. It's not good enough for David to be the empowered one among us, though he's got a great name for it. It's not good enough to have one empowered person in the house. We're a community of people. Together we want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. We want to be empowered together, to live life together together under the influence of the Holy Spirit so that he can fill us with the things that he fills us with so that we accomplish what he wants us to accomplish during the time that we have in this life. So would you like to stand with me? The only advantage that I have this morning is that I thought ahead about what I was reading and going to say that you probably didn't read ahead and think about it. That's it. There's no I don't have any greater ability than anybody else in this room to invite the Holy Spirit to influence us. So I just want to invite all of us, and whatever way you do that, to ask the Holy Spirit to influence everyone in the room. We want to be under your influence. It may mean that if I'm asking the Holy Spirit to influence me, that I have to say, you know, I'm tired of being influenced by that. I want to be influenced by you. It may be a moment of repentance. I want to turn from that. I want to turn to this. I want to turn away from the things that are ruining my life to the things that will give me life and give life to others. So let's just take a moment. You can do it out loud. You can do it quietly. I don't, it doesn't, you know, there's not really a rule here. So let's just all ask the Holy Spirit in whatever way to influence not just me, but us. Influence us, Okay? Take a moment, please, to do that. Holy Spirit, I simply say amen. I invite you to influence our community in this moment, in this day, during this week, this month, this year, until you return. Come, Holy Spirit, with your influence in our community. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill our lives. Fill us. May we receive words for one another, the psalms, the hymn, the spiritual songs, that we would be able to speak to one or build each other up. We receive those. Fill us with those words. Fill us with songs and music that we write for our King. Fill us with thanksgiving to give thanks in everything and all the time. Fill us. Fill us with reverence for Jesus and respect for one another. Fill us today and remind us tomorrow to ask you to fill us again and again and again, to continually fill our lives with the things that you bring to us. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to live together under your influence and to accomplish what you would have us to do in our homes, on our streets, our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our nation, the nations of the world. Empower us, we pray, in your name. Amen.